0: Good stuff. So when you hear the word wait, now you guys really wouldn't have a pastor who's so cruel to open a message on waiting and then go away for a week so you'd have to wait. Now, I don't don't think that guy would do that. Or would he? Or would he? I don't know. Only time will tell. But when you hear the word wait, we usually don't enjoy it. It, it usually has a con a negative connotation to us, and so we are looking uh, about the biblical process of waiting. So John Mayer is waiting on the world to change. Waiting, waiting. On, thank, hey man, we got a duo going. <laughs> hey Josh, it's my bit. <laughs> waiting on the world to change, uh, which is one of the ringtones on my phone. But that doesn't matter. But uh, you know the thing about it is, is the church can wait on the world to to change. But here's the truth. The world only changes when people in the world change from the inside out. Church, we change from the inside out. We can can make slight adjustments, but we change from the inside out. And biblical waiting is a demonstration on our dependence upon the Lord. Waiting is a verb. Now, when we think of waiting, we think waiting at stop signs, waiting in traffic, uh, waiting for popcorn after... (laughs) All these years, anybody here still get really anxious when you're waiting on that popcorn? Come on, microwave, and we forgot forgotten the back days. Anyway, I, I giggle every time I think about that. But anyway, waiting on the Lord isn't sitting still idle. It is a verb of active dependence and trust. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this. Dr. Spurgeon's quote I, I love, the waiting itself is beneficial to us. It tries the faith, but I don't like my faith to be tried. How do you think it will be strengthened? Calm seas never produces great sailors. It's only in the midst of the storm do you learn how to be a great nautical mind and uh, tactician. We exercise patience, trains us in submission, and endears the blessing when it comes. The things you work and wait for the longest are the things that, that mean the most to you, don't they? Things that come easy tend to go away easy. So we're looking at waiting that makes a world of difference, part two. Let's recap this bad boy, shall we? First, we talked about acknowledging that God is sovereign. Now, that is not something that God needs your approval on. He is. He is sovereign. He knows everything before it occurs, both past, present, and future. He has power and authority over everything, past, present, and future. Whether we like it, whether we want it, whether we recognize it, doesn't really matter. God is still God. And how he interacts with us is where the struggle comes. Because he's 100% God. He has 100% authority. He has 100% power. But we have 100% independence and choice. Those two things are very difficult to reconcile, but my friends, that's where we are. God gives us the ability to choose, but He also will hold us accountable for our choices and and sometimes He will let the consequences of our choices run course. as parents, don't we love to save our kids from things, but every now and then what you just got to let you just got to let it ride because sometimes you learn that's how I. Some people got to learn the hard way. I'm one of them people. Not anymore, thank Jesus, but when I was younger. We have to come to terms with our dependence upon the Lord. Everything that is created was created by the Lord. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. The Bible says that the very breath that you're breathing, let's all take a great big deep yoga breath, shall we? One, two, three. God gave you that breath. You're welcome. And we talked about that Buffalo Bills player who... Literally dropped dead on the field. Thank God he's still on a wonderful course of recovery. But our lives and our breath can go away just that quick. It's a gift. Seek spiritual strength from the Lord. We can find a lot of strength. You can get educational strength. You can get physical strength. But spiritual strength is what will endure the test of time. We have to be careful that we don't misplace our dependence and need of strength in someone else. Or in some uh, man-made institution or some man-made process. All those things have a place, but our strength should come from the Lord. And then being patient and quiet. Sometimes, and, this, and I'm saying this to myself, sometimes you just need to be quiet. Amen? Oh, now, look, now y'all practice. Oh, I mean, I really want to say amen to that, but he said be quiet. I don't know. I'm so conflicted. So let's continue on uh why ways we wait (laughs) number five sounds like a a a musical hit (laughs) why we wait number five refrain from needless fear and worry fear can be a helpful response to a dangerous situation but it can also be something that overwhelms us and takes our eyes off jesus we see peter when he was the only one that climbed out on the boat and he was walking on the water till what the fear distracted him from jesus And so Scripture shows us that a part of waiting on the Lord uh, or on the Lord involves avoiding being controlled by fear. Now, if I told you don't ever be afraid again, is that logical? No. Why? God gave you fear for a reason. If you have a moment of fear, it could be God's way of going, don't do it. Have you ever done something? Have you ever done something and afterwards, man, I was so afraid. That may have been God telling you not to do it. I was in a conversation this week and someone goes, Well, I'm really afraid after they had done that. I said, well, it's too late now. After you've already done it, it's too late to be afraid. You should have, you know, fear may have, you know, should have been controlled. But fear and worry, God gave us fear, worry is a different, a different cat altogether. Let's look. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. This is why I tell, tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or even clothes to wear. Isn't, the li- isn't life more than food? Uh, yeah. Look at the birds. They do not plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you four more available to, the, to him than they are? Call your worries, add a, uh, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? I always think of the birds at Sonic when I read this passage. Do you know why? Do you ever watch the birds at Sonic? They all need weight watchers. <laughs> and I think to myself, they've never pushed the red light and ordered that cheese chili coney with onion rings. But you know what? I I can't I can't sit at Sonic with what, without what feeding the birds, and I do that and I go look at me God I'm being a part of your provision. <laughs> but if you look at those birds, God provides. Let's look at some free stuff real quick. The difference between fear and anxiety. Uh, the diagnostic? Yes. The diagnostic and stat, uh, statistical. Sta, is that that's that right, Brian? Statistical. statistical. The DM5 is the book where all the uh, brainiacs go to find out whether you have a disorder. One of the reasons I did not continue my study of psychology was I'm a sick man. I swam through that book and I realized, uh, physician, heal thyself. Fear and anxiety are often occur. At at the same time, but the terms are not interchangeable. Even though the symptoms commonly overlap, a person's experience with these emotions differs based on the context. Fear relates to a known, understood threat, whereas anxiety follows from an unknown, expected, or poorly defined threat. Anxiety is a uh, unpleasant, vague sense of apprehension. It's often a response to an imprecise or unknown threat like walking down a dark street anxiety typically is preceded by what if that's a great primer for anxiety well what if and you get in this what if circle What what if what if what if well there's not there's not a clear definition there's not a clear answer well you can play what if forever now I wrestle with anxiety a little not not a ton but a little every now and then i'll i'll get this sense of anxiety and now i'm smart enough to share it with my bride and she'll go well what do you, what's what's going on what would make you feel anxious and sometimes i don't know there there's not a thing i can't go what's well, this and when i realize that there's not a hook on the wall for me to hang this anxiety on then it is very probable illogical and unnecessary now fear on the other hand is an emotional response Fear isn't just walking down the dark street thinking, what if, what if, what if. Fear is when someone goes, put up your hands, this is a robbery. It's where that fight or flight emotion uh, intervenes with us. So fear and anxiety aren't the same things. And we have to be careful. Approximately 20% of U.S. adults experience symptoms of anxiety disorder during the year. I don't think mine's anxiety disorder, but I do wrestle with anxiety from time to time. And the professionals say that ladies are more prone to it than men. Uh, I just don't know if the men don't tell about it more than the ladies. Uh, I'm just, as a dude, I'm just laying that out there. So if you find yourself wrestling with this, then let me just say this to you, from me to you. Talk to somebody about it. There's no shame in that game. Don't Don't let people embarrass you. Listen, if you're struggling with something like this, talk to somebody about it. You don't have to be alone, okay? Your pastor did it, so if it's worth me doing it, then it's worth you doing it. Or you can throw rocks at me and just call me weak Need Anyway, uh, but let's look. (laughs) Number six, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? So we see that we need to learn and obey God's word. God's word <clears throat> isn't the recipe, and you choose to use to use it or not. Anybody here have a, a, a family recipe that you have? Okay, Miss Karen, what's your family recipe? What, what does it produce with weenies and rice? Okay, she gave you the ingredients; everything else you have to figure out. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> But the thing about an old family recipe, or you know, a recipe, is if we're not careful, we can we can go. I'm just going to wing it. I'm not going to look at the recipe. And I've told you this story before. When we were young and married, I decided I was going to make brownies for my bride and I. And I went in there and I just I was making them from scratch because I knew how to do it. Aren't you impressed? And uh, man, they looked like brownies and they smelled like brownies. And then when they baked, mm. Uh, and when it came out, I couldn't wait much longer than uh, you know, I had to. And I cut that corner piece out because I'm a corner guy. If you ever wanted to know, Pastor Jimmy's corner guy. So I cut that corner out and I stuffed that beautifully brown chocolate brownie in my mouth. Uh, but it tasted terrible because uh, I didn't put the sugar in it. So <clears throat> following the recipe means you follow the recipe. And too many of us. And too many of the world think we're following God's recipe for success when the truth is we're just trying to do it our way. We just take a little out of the cabinet and we'll do a little smidge, a little smudge, a little dash, you know, these kind of things. That's not the way it works. Well, let me back up. It's not going to work to full success and potential if we do it that way. God's word is essential. Let's say essential together. Essential. Essential. You cannot follow the Lord if you do not know his word. Now, does everybody, everybody need to go to seminary? No, that's not what I'm talking about. But if we, we can't know him, if we don't know what the book says about him, and we can't do for him what the book says we're to do if we don't read the book. God's word is essential. How we view it is of paramount importance. I had a discussion just this week with someone and they were talking about they just don't understand how people in churches can do this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, the problem that we wrestle with is this, is do they hold to a high view of Scripture or to a low view of Scripture? And you say, Jimmy, what's the difference? Well, I hold to a high view of Scripture, and ALF holds to a high view of Scripture, which means this. God's Word says what it means, and it means what it says. And we should do what the Bible says, the challenge that we face is when an individual or a group of individuals or a church or even perhaps a denomination lowers their view of Scripture, it becomes less of God's Word and more of men's memos. And brothers and sisters, the way that we view Scripture speaks to whether we believe it's God's Word are men's memos and let me say this men's memos well <laughs> sometimes men's memos are, are, mock, are, are marked as top secret and they just get left all over the place what? not being political I'm just saying listen not be, I'm, not, I'm just saying listen to me Church, if we don't hold God's word in high regard, then somewhere down here, it keeps sliding and sliding and sliding. And the next thing you know, it's no more than just another note on a piece of paper. Church, we have to hold to a high regard of scripture if we want to uh, have our greatest opportunity at success. How often we interact with it? How often do you? um, And again, that goes back to scene number one. If it's God's word, God's love letter to you, you might visit it more often than if it's just a man's memo. How much we interact with it is very important and how much of it we actually do. I heard a wise person once say, the the amount of the Bible that you believe is the amount of the Bible that you actually do. And there's great wisdom in that. Therefore, beloved, since we are waiting for these, be diligent and be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawlessness and lawless people and lose your own stability. But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So we, we grow by what we know and it brings us peace. Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your paths and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all day long, the psalmist says. We strive to walk close to him and his word in order to avoid wandering off the pathway. Anybody here use a GPS app? Anybody? Anybody? Yes? Okay. That's all of us. Anybody here use Waze? Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's kind of like a video game, a little bit. Uh, So the Waze app, at Christmas, it was really cool. You could pick the voices, because I just don't want, you know, some dude going, turn right. You know, I need something a little more, you know, engaging. Well, at Christmas, they gave me the option of having Mrs. Claus or Santa Claus as my voice. Did anyone exercise that option? No? And then my little icon was a sled. I know, I'm a nerd, I admit it, it's not a problem. Well, I remember when I first got Miss Claus, and she's so cute, and you're like, hey, man, this is kind of cool. And we're going along, and she goes, man, you know, when when things get rough, always always practice ABC. And I'm like, ABC? Always bake cookies. I'm like, oh, Mrs. Santa, you got me. But God's word and God's Holy Spirit is kind of like your, your app. You ever, you ever miss a turn and your app goes, ah, well, never mind, we'll just figure it out later. No, your app goes, turn left. You miss a turn, it goes, turn left. Turn left. Turn left. Turn left. God's word and God's Holy Spirit is kind of like your app. It knows the best way for you to go. And it keeps trying to point you there, no matter how much you don't want to listen to it. Now, I don't know what it's like for you, but every now and then I think to myself, hey, technology, I know more than you. I don't. And I'll tell it, one time I yelled at ways, recalculating as I turned it off. But God's word and God's Holy Spirit is what he uses to keep bringing us back to the true trustworthy and desired path for us and if we're not engaged in those things then we have the the ability to find ourselves lost let's look at number seven expect that the lord will save waiting upon the lord means expecting him to act call to me and i will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know jeremiah says Christ is our divine rescuer, savior, and deliverer. He rescues us from the wrath of God. The Bible says that we were all enemies of God before Christ gave himself on the cross for us and before we came to Christ by faith. We were all enemies of God. And I'm ashamed to say it, but there was a day when I was an active enemy of God. He rescues us from the wrath of God. He saves us from eternal condemnation. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. He delivers us from the bondage of Satan and our own sins. I don't know about you, but there was a day when I would sin and I would say, I'm never going to do that again. And then next weekend, as a dog returns to his vomit, as the scripture says, God will deliver us from the penalty of sin. He will deliver us from the power of sin. And the Bible says one day he'll deliver us from the very presence of sin. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Amen. Whoa, Jimmy, you are good today. But waiting is having the faith that God will act. And he will. Number eight. Connect to the Lord through prayer. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Now, I I know I brought you down two weeks ago. I'm going to bring you down again. Patience, you can't borrow that. Hey, man, you got a little extra patience I can have? No, it doesn't work that way. There's only one way you get it. You earn it. Anybody here remember that commercial? Yeah. You don't remember that commercial. You might. Nobody? Maybe I just made it up. I don't know. Okay. Hey, if it's my truth, it's truth. Isn't that the world we live in today? <clears throat> but to be patient during tribulation, be how? Constant in prayer. Well, Jimmy, I have a hard time praying. I understand. You know, the world's so busy, I get I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. So I, I want to give you something real quick. Someone gave me this years ago. And it's what I use. I'm ADD and dyslexic for our new friends. And so for me to stay focused and on task, it takes an effort. And I have used this as a model of my prayer life uh, for decades. It's the Acts model of prayer. A, it's adoration. Praise the Lord for being awesome. Listen, God's awesome, amen? I mean, just look into the sky. I mean, God's just awesome. And he just shows out sometimes. It's, man, if you can't get excited about how awesome God is, we need to talk. C is confession. Admit your sins and ask God's overflowing forgiveness and mercy in your life. That's when, confession is when I agree with what God says about me. And sometimes there's sin I need to confess. Sometimes there's doubt I need to confess. Sometimes, you know, I I just need to come into agreement with the Lord. How about this? Lord, I'm afraid. I know you say not to be afraid, but I'm afraid. Lord, I'm anxious. I don't even know why I'm anxious. Sharon doesn't want me to be anxious. She asked me why I'm anxious. I don't know, but I am. But confession is good for the soul, the old adage says. Thanksgiving. Lord, thank you. For what? You could start a list, and it should be pretty long. In our prayer over Jeff, did you notice where we started? Lord, thank you for what it's not. Amen, Jeff? Thank you for what it's not. Because I tell you what, I can give you ten other things I'm glad it's not. I don't want this, but I'm glad it's not this. Lord, thank you for what it's not. For the breath that you breathe. For the life that you have. For, and the list can go on and on and on. And then last is supplication. Now, it's interesting, isn't it? In this process, our sharing of needs and wants are last. If you're like me, we're prone to what? We're open with that. Ooh, God, I need... Depending on how long that list is, amen. Catch you later. Mm -mm. If we really want to spend quality, meaningful, transformative time... We start with adoring God for who he is. We confess who he is and who we are. We give him thanks for what we already have or what we're already looking forward to. And then the supplication is where we bring the requests for ourselves and for others. If you want to transform your prayer life, you must have supplication. The, the, the praying on behalf of others. Because if we don't, if all we ever pray about is what we need, what we want, then we become very eye-diseased and, and, and very focused on ourselves. Listen, I'm not saying what you need isn't important. It is important. But what I'm saying is we need to keep it in a proper perspective. And I heard Jeff confess this morning he needs a bigger TV. So we have to keep it in a proper perspective, don't we? He might need a bigger TV. And I, brother, I just want you to know, I can probably put that old one to work somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, but but you see, it helps us keep a perspective. I tell you what, Natalie. Wednesday, I, I went home. You know, you had, Natalie had a conversation with a fellow who uh, came to the shower ministry on Wednesday, and he confessed to her he hadn't had a shower since September. Now, you might be sitting there going, well, that cat's lying. Why? What benefit do you get from lying about that? And uh, I, want you to know, I want you to know, I went home Wednesday night, and as I climbed into bed, I thought, God, thank you so much. Because this, this fellow's living in his car. Somewhere today, he's sitting in his car. And I just pray for him. You know, and I was so thankful that that he could find just that 20 minutes of normalcy in the parking lot of Authentic Life Fellowship. But when we pray, it transforms us. It helps to focus our mind's attention and our heart's affection on who God is, who we are and what he's done, what God has provided for us, and how we might be a part of, of supporting others in their time of need. And then lastly, number nine, Longing for the Lord's return. We sang about that earlier. Do you ever just sit and think, Lord, when are you coming? I tell you, I love my life. Someone asked me, oh, How are you doing the other day? And I said, Brother, I'm just living on the gravy. And he goes, well, What do you mean? <clears throat> well, I should have died when I was 11, truthfully. I didn't die when I was 11. I had the privilege of meeting and marrying this beautiful lady. And my prayer was that. Uh, When she told me we were going to have kids, woo, it was terrifying. I'm not going to lie. Because both of my biological parents died by the time I was 11. And it was my deepest heart's fear that I would die before my children graduated high school. And when we found out we were going to have our kids, my prayer was God, just let me live till they graduate. Just let me live till they graduate. Well, the Lord answered that prayer. (laughs) And so I had someone said, you need to change your prayer life. I do. Uh, But I'm living living on the gravy of life, brothers and sisters. I believed I was going to die when I was 30, nonsensically, because I read that book. I'm living on the gravy of life. But heaven's going to be better than this. And I long for that day. When I watch the news, I long for that day. When I visit the hospitals, I long for that day. When I see the strife in our society, I long for that day. When I see the, ab- the abject need, I long for that day. Scripture says that I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, he will wipe every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away behold the dwelling place of God is with man and he will dwell with them they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God and he who was seated on the throne said behold I am making all things new I long for that day I do. And if we want to be people who can biblically wait on the Lord, we need to long for that day as well. Will it arrive in my lifetime? I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. But if Jesus tarries his second coming beyond my lifetime, I chose this picture for a reason. I once was much younger than I am today. Saturday I was at, what, Atwoods, Atwoods, yeah. I've been in there twice the first time because a friend of mine was selling hot dogs for his church. It's a different story. I went in there for the second time ever Saturday and I'm walking around doing stuff and I get in line behind a couple and my first thought is, man they've got a lot of stuff i'm going to be waiting here a minute and so i'm just you know waiting on the world to change and and the the dude turned around and he looked at me and we make eye contact and i tried to be a guy who smiles and i smiled and he smiled and he goes brother jimmy oh, and he goes It's Brian, Brian Mandrell. And in that moment, it was his eyes. I'm like, brother, he goes, I haven't seen you in 20 years. And I got 20 years older in that instance. (laughs) And he said, man, he said, I remember And he turns to the lady that was checking him out. And he goes, this is the man that led me to Jesus. And he said, Brother Jimmy, he said, will you pray for my wife and I, Mercedes? We just lost our 18-month-old. And he said, he says, and it's terrible. And I said, brother, I said, there are no words. He says, I'm glad to hear you say that. Because you know what? There aren't. Right. And he said, well, you know, we've got a good support system and, you know, but it's hard. And I said, I, I said, I. And so we prayed together and we exchanged information and. Uh, and. <clears throat> And I chose this picture because I once was a young man. But I'm not as young as I used to be. And as I practice waiting, anticipating the coming of the Lord, in the meantime, I'll walk and I'll work and I'll witness to the hope that's within me. And church, as we wait on the Lord... And we exercise this verb called biblical waiting. May we walk and work and witness for what? The hope that is within us. We don't have all the answers. We can't solve all the problems. We can't fix all that is broke. Mm, But Jesus. (laughs) Let us be patiently waiting on the Lord. And sharing the hope that is within us. To a lost and dying world. To whether Until we go to him or he comes for us. And then truly we can change the world. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this day. And Father, I pray that you would help us beginning with myself, Lord, to be biblical waiters. Lord, it's hard. It's hard. But Lord, just because it's hard doesn't mean we can't do it. And just because it's hard doesn't mean we shouldn't strive to do it. Father, your word gives us a practical pathway by which we can wait and thrive in the waiting. And Father, we pray today that you would help us. Lord, call our hearts to your word. Father, call our hearts to your to your ways father call our hearts to your peace father call our hearts to your purposes lord let us be people who have a peace that passes all understanding let us be the people that people are curious about in the midst of the trials the tribulations and the uncertainties Lord, let us have a short and sweet answer to the, how can you do this? Well, his name's Jesus. And Father, I pray for each and every one under the sound of my voice. Lord, and each and every one who may listen to this podcast, wherever in the wide world they are. And Father, I pray that they would find the peace that passes all understanding. I pray that they would purpose to be biblical waiters. Lord, I pray that we might do this for your glory. Father, I pray that we might do this for our own good benefit. And Father, I pray that we would do this for the, lo- for the lost and dying world that we are called to love and to lead. Father, we thank you. For you are the perfect example of waiting. Father, you waited for me. In all the ways and all the places that I drug you, you waited for me. And I thank you for that. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen.